Football is around the corner, and we are ramping it up over here on the Ringer NFL feed in the month of August. Every week, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you not one, but two extra point takens. That's right, double the trouble as we predict, debate, and analyze our way through camp and the preseason every Monday and Friday. But that is not all. Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Wednesday. We'll talk about everything in the world of the NFL. And who knows, maybe Steven will even have something nice to say about your favorite squad. Though, frankly, I wouldn't count on it. Subscribe to The Ringer NFL Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow The Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Ringer NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbuck. And week one of the preseason is over, baby. Woo! We, we know all you guys were tuning in on YouTube TV. You know, you couldn't just resist. Everyone just glued to their couch for 11 hours at a time. But if perhaps you missed any of the games, you're wondering whether you should care about the preseason, don't worry, because Danny Kelly, unironically, is obsessed with the preseason. Danny Kelly watched literally every single game. DK, why should people care about the preseason? Uh, quite honestly, they probably shouldn't. But the main thing... <laughs> Great start! That's our sh- Anyway, that's our show for the day. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. If you're being earnest, like the earnest answer is it can give you some idea of the depth charts and how teams are planning to use their players in, in particular situations. Like, for instance, uh, the, the receivers or tight ends that get time with the quote unquote starters of these games, generally speaking, that's like the rotation you see during the regular season. So you can extrapolate some of the usage in the preseason into the, into the regular season. However, not all of it is super sticky and not all of it is very reliable. So we have to kind of read the tea leaves a little bit when it comes to preseason action. The other reason is to watch is just if you're a fucking bored like me, which I just really wanted to watch some football. Uh, I've kind of been fiending for football the last, you know, however many months, six months, five months. Uh, so it was exciting to actually watch football. Can I be the Debbie Downer to today's episode? And every time you guys get overexcited <laughs> about a player, I just come in like Rachel Dratch as the Debbie Downer. And I'm like, actually, most preseason stats don't make any sense and have no <laughs> history of <laughs> actually working out. Yes, you can be that. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good, good idea. We can do that. Yeah, that works. Okay, so first okay, of all, we have grounded. news, though. We have news. Here we go, Craig. This is a good opportunity for you. Before we go into that, Ezekiel Elliott says that he's going to sign with the New England Patriots. So Zeke's been a free agent since the Cowboys cut, cut him. He's going to wear number 15, which he wore at Ohio State. I 15's a weird number. I like people wearing their college numbers. I think 15's a weird number for running back. Personally. What number did it used to be? Cowboys, he was 21, right? Yeah, right. 21, also a cool number. I think 15's cool, too. That'll make him look a little 15's younger. 15's fine. It's perfectly fine. 21. We should have we should eventually rank numbers. I think that would be good. Uh, yeah. So I think this is weird. So Ramondre Stevenson definitely dips. You know, we thought that he might. Be, well, we thought maybe he would be the main guy for the Patriots this season. I think this is probably what New England had in mind the entire time, which is Ramondre. Damian Harris got hurt last season. Ramondre had to carry the whole load. Ramondre kind of dinged up his knees. They wore him down as the season went on. They kind of wanted to bring someone in. I'm not surprised by this because Zeke does all the little things right that coaches are obsessed with and no coaches are more obsessed with the little things being done right than Bill Belichick. He can block. He knows his assignments. He's a good guy. So, and I think Ian Harditz at Fantasy Life summed it up, which is basically Zeke Elliott converted 
touchdowns inside the five yard line last season, twice as often as Ramondre Stevenson did. Zeke's going to be like the short line goal line guy. Seems that way. Probably really annoying fantasy. DK, we had Ramondre Stevenson 21st overall. We have him as our 10th running back. How far down do you move him for Ramondre now? Oh, I don't know. I mean, honestly, not that much, probably. I think I was always kind of going into the season expecting them to, I was actually thinking they might sign Dalvin Cook, which I would actually move Stevenson down even further if they had signed him. And we, we've talked about this before. Like if Zeke signs with a team, does that move the starter back or not? I don't think it's certainly not good for Ramondre because if you, and here's another reason to watch preseason football. Like if you watched the Patriots game the other day, their backups were awful. Like they did not do anything. And so that was sort of probably acted a little bit of a stimulus to get the Patriots to sign Zeke. Um, but at the end of the day, like he is 28 years old. He's definitely on the downside of his career. Oh, hear that, Craig? I, I don't think he is going to. Uh, sorry, How Craig. dare you? What are you saying about 28 year olds, DK? So I, we already I, did, so I guess the, here's the question. And and I, I think your goal line, the goal line situations is, is the valid point here. But it's not like they were going uh-huh. to give Ramondre Stevenson all the carries anyway. You know what I mean? Like they were not. No team does that anymore, except for the Steelers, apparently. Like that was, that was probably never going to happen. Um, so the question is how much do we downgrade him based on the idea that Z could seal goal line carries with maybe a couple spots, but I, I really don't think that's something that you can project. Ramondre is a great pass catcher. I think he's going to be a big part of that passing game. I still think he's going to get the lion's share of the carries. So yeah, I don't know. I don't really know exactly what to do, but I don't think you have to overreact to this totally. I think you maybe can move him down a few spots, but not like dramatically. I feel like Vermont drops around. Yeah, I kind of agree. I, I think he's probably now in the. We, we, yeah, again, we have him at the. Te- we have him as the our tenth running back. I'd say he's closer to 15, 16 now. To me, he's with Breeze Hall, Kenneth Walker, Aaron Jones. He's kind of in there. I completely agree. You'd rather have Najee. Uh, where's Najee's weird because stylistic. It's almost he's like, higher. Najee. I. Th- it, it, it's stylistically, it's a different thing where Najee has the volume, but he's not as ex- like frankly good of a player as Ramondre, but he'll probably touch the ball more. So it's kind of like what you want. You guys, Bill Simmons has weighed in. What do you think he thinks about this trade? <laughs> uh, I think that uh, Bill is all in. He's okay. winning the division. AFC East is theirs. Yeah. <laughs> he said Zeke say? turned only 28 last month. He's an excellent pass blocker. He had 22 touchdowns in the past two years, and he's going to be a, a winning mentor for the future five-time Pro Bowler Malik Cunningham. I am in. <laughs> that was what he tweeted. Yeah, buried in that is Bill saying Mac Jones <laughs> going to get benched for Malik Cunningham. Oh, my God. Speaking <laughs> of reasons to watch preseason, guys, Malik Cunningham, super exciting. Okay. So Zeke. Where do we draft Zeke now? Is he a top 100 player? Top 120? All right. Well, Devin Singletary's 132 on the Texans. You cannot tell me you take Devin Singletary on the Texans over Zeke. in the Make him 131 then. Yeah. Okay. 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 (laughs) I mean, we had him 144th before he was on a team. So like somewhere in that area. like. Well, granted, we didn't have him there thinking he wouldn't play. 144th. It wasn't like he won't play football, but he's 144th. Like. I think we were anticipating him being the goal line back somewhere. And here he is. And the Patriots, frankly, are boring. I, I, if we want to talk the Patriots briefly, I think the Patriots are were literally, I would say literally the worst offense to watch last year because they were awful in all the most boring possible ways. They had very boring players. Ramondre, honestly, was like one of the only fun ones. I think Bill O'Brien, I, I, I can't overstate how big of a coaching impact it'll go from Matt Patricia, a defensive coordinator, installing an offense he had never run as the people that Shanahan McVay people were moving on from that offense back to what the Patriots were doing before. Patricia can't overstate O'Brien. I, I don't know, man. Malik Cunningham, future Hall of Famer, going to step in at quarterback. <laughs> All right. Next up here, Dalvin Cook signs with the New York Jets. Adam Schefter says, oh, this is incredible. Talk about copy. This is a drink for copy and paste. Free hyphen free agent. Hyphen free agent. RB Dalvin Cook is planning (laughs) to sign a one year deal worth up to eight point six million dollars to the New York Jets per source. I'm going to spoiler alert right now. It's not worth eight point six million dollars. It's probably a lot of incentives. I don't know what the number is, but Dalvin Cook's on the Jets. This is wow. A rare L for when the player actually posts a picture of himself in the other team's stadium in Miami and then him not signing with that team. So. Wow. Dalvin Cook goes to division rival Jets. I don't know what you guys think. My first thought when I saw this was this is about blocking. Like this is about Aaron Rodgers not getting his ass destroyed because like if Brees Hall can't play, 
I think that this is about like having a mm. running back who actually is a veteran who will not get Aaron Rodgers destroyed because he didn't realize a cornerback blitz was coming. I think this is similar to Zeke with the Patriots. It's about having a veteran who can play with Rodgers and Rodgers knows he's not going to like have his career end because Israel Abanaconda didn't know like to slide the protection the right way. But Craig, what do you think this does? Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, what are your like initial thoughts? I think Brees drops a lot more than Ramondre does. Uh, one, I think Brees, yeah. or I think Dalvin Cook is a better player right now than Zeke is. And I think, you know, you could argue that Dalvin is still somewhat in his prime or his latter prime. He had a good year last year. And, you know, Brees coming off this ACL, unlike Ramondre, who's healthy, I, this becomes a really difficult backfield. That's almost like a, it almost becomes one of those classic, I don't know who to rank ahead of the other. And we, we it's kind of a stay away. Also, I, I saw Tom Pelissaro tweet that, uh, he said that the majority of the 8.6 is guaranteed. So I don't know how much that is, but majority suggests maybe six, seven million of that is guaranteed. Well, in the first year, the guaranteed money is always like, well, yeah, they signed the guy. So it's guaranteed. But like, maybe, yeah, the majority, I'm just skeptical. Maybe I'm cynical by nature. Right. But worth up to is always uh, skeptical <laughs> in my mind. But you're right, Craig, that like, I, I think you're right that Brees falls more. I, in a weird way, I might be more in on Brees now that he might plummet. And now I'm like, okay, right. cool. Now I'll take him because... At the end of the day, it was probably a little nuts that Javante Williams was going 60 picks after Brees. When, I know they both had bad knee injuries, but Brees Hall being like a la da top 30 pick after an ACL tear. I think the Jets are telling us right now they have questions about his workload at the very least, um, which is responsible and a thing they should probably do with a high pick like Brees Hall. Dika, how do you feel? Like, I agree. Craig is right. Dalvin Cook actually statistically had a good year last year, but I don't know what the scale is of like dust scale. Right, but how? Oh, he's is not Dalvin that dusty. Cook? He played all seventeen well, but, games. He was twenty-seven years old. I mean, he's how, he's still I mean, very you productive. At, you look at the like highlight clip he posts of himself uh, all off season when he's talking about like how he got released or whatever. And yeah, I mean, he's still got the burst. He's still got big playability. I don't think he's necessarily like he was when he was in his prime, but he can still make a big play. I think the difference here with between him and Zeke landing with the Patriots um, is there's a world in which Dalvin Cook is the starter. You know what I mean? Like he is the starter for the Jets. I, I do think, yeah. you know, you were mentioning not letting Rodgers get killed back there, like sitting back there or whatever. Isn't there just a world in which Rodgers lobbied for this and the Jets are like, okay, fine. He we'll gave back this. 30. You're right. Aaron Rodgers, this, I, I almost think this wasn't a big enough story. Aaron Rodgers gave back $35 million in his contract. And maybe you saw that headline and didn't understand it. That actually mm -hmm. was real. Aaron Rodgers actually essentially handed back $30 million that he basically won from the Packers as part of a staring negotiation. And he was like, go build me a team like Tom Brady. Like I, I, I want less money and I'd go build me a team. And I do think it was, this is Rogers doing to get cooked. So that like that alone makes me worry a little bit. Like Rogers has always been the type of quarterback who's like playing favorites. You know what I mean? Not that he could necessarily, maybe he, he can't dictate who's getting more playing time at running back. I don't know, but there's that, there's at least a little bit of doubt in my mind. And, and again, going back, we've talked about this, for a long time this offseason, like Brees Hall always felt a little bit too ranked too richly for me. Like I was just really worried about taking him that high just based on all the uncertainties. The fact that the Jets had reportedly been really in on Jameer Gibbs and would have taken him if he had fallen to where they were in the draft is, you know, they're bringing in all these other free agents. They had flirted with Dalvin Cook for like what feels like months now. And so the Brees Hall thing was always a little bit worrisome in the back of my mind. And so Kaifitz, you said something. Now you're going to be more likely to get him. I think depending on how far he falls, he might fall a couple rounds now, at least. Um, I'm with you. I think like he's probably more appropriate, appropriately priced. I do think Brees Hall is a legit elite talent, though. And maybe there's a world... like Obviously, I can see a world in which Dalvin Cook just ends up being a starter. But I think there is also a strong chance that Brees Hall just looks way better. And like the Jets have no choice but to play Brees Hall as like the one like the lead back, the the primary guy. And then Dalvin Cook is just there as like a veteran, you know, insurance guy. He's going to be good in the passing game, all that stuff. But there, there, you know, there's a strong chance that Brees Hall just looks too good and they can't take him off the field. And he's going to turn into being a value. Bill Simmons would want us to mention that the Jets um, cannot block and the Jets have one good lineman in Elijah Vera Tucker. <laughs> right. And the Jets, ironically, Dalvin Cook was between the Dolphins and the Jets. And that both those teams have one good lineman or one good lineman each. And it's the Jets plan at tackle this season <laughs> is honestly of any team that actually thinks fancies themselves a Super Bowl contender insane. They have Dwayne Brown, who is 38 years old at left tackle. 
And then Mackay Becton, who I believe has played, he's one game in the last two years, and it's the fewest games through three seasons of his career of any tackle drafted in the first round in 30 years because he's had like a right Sheesh. knee, right, right kneecap issues. So it's like the comp, it's more likely both those guys miss time than neither misses time. The Jets are just paper thin. So I, I that is a little concerning here overall. But if, all right, quick name game of Dalvin Cook, Dal, rapid fire. Dalvin Cook or James Cook? What say you both? Who? I think Dalvin moves up past James Cook. Dal- Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara? We're going to see how Kamara. high it goes. Kamara. Give Kamara 73rd. Okay, Dalvin Cook or Rashad well, White? We got to move Kamara up, I feel like. We do. Just my personal That's going to be in our latest ranking. Update. Yeah. Dalvin, or Dalvin Cook or David Montgomery? Ooh. Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Eh. Dalvin. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook or know. Alexander Madison? Alexander Madison. I would take Madison. I like guys who have their own role. Madison's going to get a three-down role. So we're talking around the very end, like RB23, 24-ish, you're thinking for Dalvin Cook. Where does that put Brees? Right around the same spot? <laughs> like, is Brees... Brees I, th- I think Brees still should be higher. I think Brees will... F- he f- he falls certainly to... I-, I would say he's like around like Miles Sanders or something like that now, like RB21. You want to do... Let's do a quick name game with Brees Hall, then I'll give it to you two. Brees Hall or James Conner? Brees Hall. Yeah, I think I think that's the exact spot for it. What about I think, upside? Upside still, Brees Hall. Like uh, Brees Hall is so talented, man. But this Brees is Hall very, or Miles Sanders? This is a huge complication. I would, I would at that point, I would take Brees Hall. Okay, Brees Hall or Cam Akers. I think he fits in right there. I think it's Brees Hall is in that yeah. Aaron Jones, J.K. Dobbins, Damian Pierce, Cam Akers tier. Yeah, he's right yeah, in there, I and I think right. it's a solid tier because yeah, he's more so he talented drops than those 10 guys. Spots but, for us, yeah. All right, there we go. Yeah. I think that's fair. All right, let's go through the preseason games. I, I think let's just go positionally because I think that makes the most sense because there's so many freaking things happening. Um, let's start with the quarterbacks, DK. Stock up, stock down, winners, losers, whatever you want to call it. Take us through. Let's start with the rookie quarterbacks, DK. Take us on a little tour. Yeah, I think this was a little bit of a reality check. You know, heat check. Pump your brakes a little bit on the excitement around the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, CJ Stroud came in, threw a pick, I think on the first series, was two for four or 13 yards and a pretty ugly pick. Um, Bryce Young, four for six for 21 yards. The Panthers got shut out. I, I can't remember a shutout happening in preseason before. You know, when you got like backups and stuff playing, like all hell usually breaks loose late in the game. Um, and obviously that's not all on Young, but, you know, their offense really struggled to get going. Their offensive line looked overmatched at times. Um, Anthony Richardson threw a pick on his first drive. I will say of, of all the rookies, Anthony Richardson was probably the most impressive. Like he did some nice things. He kind of settled in as the game went on. Was he big and fast? Oh, he was really fast. I mean, there was a couple of plays where he kept it and ran. I think he had like a 40-yard deep bomb to the to the pylon that was like right on the money. Could have been a touchdown, and Alec Pierce just dropped it. <laughs> so with that, that obviously said, did not help. His interception was, I think, maybe other than CJ Stroud's, was horrific. Pretty ugly. <laughs> you know, he, interception. He, he rushed to pass, threw it over the receiver's head, and it was easily picked. That was on the first drive. So yeah, like, and then Will Levis, who we're not really expecting anything from fantasy world, but he rotated in behind Malik Willis and Malik Willis played better than him. So I think this served this week just served as a good reality check. Like, hold on. Rookies tend to really struggle as, you know, yeah. rookie quarterbacks tend to really struggle passing the football. So that just sort, sort of makes us like be a little bit careful about Texans receivers, about Panthers receivers, the expectations around those guys and Colts receivers as well. So um, I think that was like one thing that just was a big takeaway from the weekend. I think quarterback is the only position where I care about what they do in the preseason, particularly rookies and like second year guys. Like I, I do think that stuff matters. I actually thought Bryce Young didn't look too bad. He looked really calm. He just seems like really relaxed in the pocket. He's very accurate. He didn't make any huge mistakes. A uh, couple, it seemed like there was like a couple of miscommunications with receivers, but he just looks like a professional out there. I thought I was the most impressed with Bryce. I thought Bryce Young didn't do anything stupid. He was handed a very bad cards and he folded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was like, oh man, check. There's, there's three yeah. people coming down at me. I'm gonna get to the ground as fast as humanly possible. I'm like, great job, Carson Wentz would have thrown his other hand. Bryce got drilled a couple times, and you kind of were like, wow. I, I keep forgetting that he's kind of the same height as Kyler Murray and <laughs> 30 pounds lighter. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Uh, okay. What about quarterback competitions? This is actually also, I think, where the preseason is very important because a lot of times right. they're like, all right, first drive to this guy and second drive this guy. And then next week they flip the starters. I do think this is where sometimes you don't overthink it. And you're like, all right, the coaches are, and I would argue, the coaches are looking at quarterback through the lens of who is less likely to get me fired. DK, mm. how'd they go? 
quarterback yeah, competition. Yeah, so start off with Tampa Bay. Uh, Baker Mayfield started the game. He was fine. I mean, he didn't really do anything all that great. Um, and then Kyle Trask like took over and he was fine too. I, I don't really think there was a clear winner in that one. Obviously, Baker Mayfield feels like he's ahead at this point. Uh, Craig, did you watch the Steelers Bucks? Did you watch that game? Uh, so I was at a wedding this weekend in Santa Barbara, but I came home and I watched a lot of, uh, I, I basically watched like the first two quarters of most games. Yeah, I unfortunately yeah. did not watch. I watched only the Steelers offensive drives. I didn't have any interest in Baker. You didn't miss that one much. Yeah. You didn't miss a whole lot. Uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans didn't play. This was there. I, I would say there's nothing to report quite yet from that competition. I think if you go to Washington, I would say Sam Howell looked better than Jacoby Brissett. He started the game out. Yeah, Howell looked not bad. Yeah, he had a couple big plays. He had a touchdown to Jahan Dotson that was incredible. Like, Jahan Dotson was the one who did the incredible thing on that play. He tipped it to himself and then missed a uh, forced a missed tackle and waltzed in the end zone. He looked amazing. Um, but I would say Sam Howell has the edge there, clearly. And then in terms of just, this isn't necessarily a quarterback competition that we need to pay attention to much, but Clayton Toon versus... Um, Colt McCoy, Clayton Toon. I know this is going to be a pro Clayton Toon podcast here, but I think he was just fine too. Like he didn't do anything all that special. Um, if regardless of who starts that thing, I think it's going to be kind of yucky from an uh, offensive point of view, whether it's Colt McCoy or Clayton Toon. So just again, be aware the Cardinals offense is going to suck until uh, Kyler Murray gets back. Yeah. I, on your point about Jahan Dotson, I think he's the only guy from the Washington team I want. And I think he's a grown ass man. And I think he is basically baby DeAndre Hopkins, just this 5'10, 5'11 guy who you think in your head is six foot four, but he's not. He's incredible. Yeah. All right. I, while we're talking about quarterbacks, I want to just shout out. I know it's preseason. Can I do my caveat? Craig, I know he's the Debbie Downer. I'm going to do my caveat here. I know it's the preseason, but <laughs> I think the Packers and Bears offenses could be really good. Mm. And I know I'm already getting sucked in. I will say two things. Again, preseason only confirm your biases. I'm in love with Jordan Love. I think Love's going to be great. Like, it's I, pretty sharp. I, I'm not, he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be Brett Favre. But, and look, he could suck. I don't know. But I think Jordan Love is going to crack that, like, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, like, mid-tier almost immediately. Like, I think we're going to be stunned. I think the Packers offense with Jordan Love, a healthy Jordan Love, is going to be better than the one with Aaron Rodgers and a broken thumb last year. And I actually think the Packers are going to be competitive in the NFC North. Bears won't be, but they could be fantasy football paradise because their defense is so bad. I This was a crazy status. So from ESPN, the Bears did not have a single play last year with 50 yards after the catch. Not one. Yeah. They had yeah. two in their first two drives in this. DJ Moore, that long screen. I will say, I think the Bears... It's like a little too neat to say it's like Josh Allen when he got Stephon Diggs. But I will say, I think the Bears, the complexion of the offense is completely different. Stop. Come on. (laughs) DJ Moore and Khalil Herbert's stock are all rising. Like their ADPs are jumping. Everyone's drafting them like two rounds early now. Justin Fields, his little screen pass to DJ Moore was a shitty pass. I can't believe DJ Moore even caught it. It was to like go behind him and like scoop down. It It was like really low. It was an inaccurate (laughs) screen pass and nobody DJ Moore. Darnell Strategic Claypool, the fifth string receiver on that team could have run that, that screen pass for a touchdown. And then the Khalil Herbert 55 yard play was like her, her fields. Couldn't find anybody to throw to rolled out and dumped it off to Khalil Herbert, who once again, just kind of ran straight for 50 yards. This means nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, fields had like seven air yards in this game and he, and he finishes like 121 <laughs> pass. Come on. This is the definition of like, watch the game. Don't check the box score. Yeah. <laughs> so what if it's like, so you don't think Justin Fields and DJ Moore are going to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame together? Is that what you're saying? I am happy letting somebody else draft DJ Moore. It, Especially if, anything, if his stock is on the rise now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would say, if anything, I, I did see the stat. The Bears were last in the NFL in yards after the catch last year. Uh, as Heifetz was alluding to, like they just weren't good at that part of the game. And DJ Moore definitely brings something there. I'm not, I'm still kind of out on DJ Moore in terms of just where he's going, especially after this weekend. I bet she's going to rise up to ADP ranks. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hilarious, Craig, that you point out. It wasn't even a good screen pass. You had to like reach back. It's like a, a shoestring catch. <laughs> also, yeah, the, the Titans had one of the worst defenses in the league last year and they were playing the preseason Titans. So I just, I don't know. <laughs> Details, reading Craig. too much into that. Yeah. Sorry. Wah, wah. Oh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. Running back. Stock up, stock down, DK. This is really also where preseason can kind of shine with illuminating rotations yeah. and usage. DK, take us on a little tour of the uh, what you learned about running backs in week one. 
preseason. Couple things. First off, James Cook like he looks like he's the dude in Buffalo. He had I think he played almost every snap with the starters. He had a big rushing touchdown. He looked really good. So I think he really kind of solidified himself as the guy that they're going to be leaning on this year just based on the way they used him in this preseason game. Khalil Herbert, as we mentioned before, he looks like the Bears starter right now. Obviously, a lot could happen in the next few weeks, um, but he played all seven snaps that Fields was on the on the field. He housed that 56-yard touchdown. Um, he looked pretty good, pretty explosive. Deontay Foreman was clearly behind him, and then Roshan Johnson was behind both Foreman and Treston Ebner, who got hurt in this game. So, I don't know. To me, like based on the way that they, they were using these guys in this game, it looks like Khalil Herbert... Uh, is probably a little bit undervalued right now, according to like most ranks. Um, and then finally, there was a couple other situations that really did not help in fantasy, like at the running back position. Um, and we have to kind of like, I think just we're in wait and see mode with what happens with a couple of teams. Number one, the Eagles. The Eagles sat Kenny Gainwell in favor of playing DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. And typically, a lot of the time, if you see a team sit a guy, it means they're putting him on ice because he's going to be a big part of their offense. He's like their starter, all that stuff. And so that could be very, very worrisome when it comes to DeAndre Swift. However, this is a very specific situation where uh, Kenny Gainwell, he's been with the team for two years versus DeAndre Swift. He just got traded to the team in the offseason. Rashad Penny was signed in the offseason. So maybe they just wanted to get these two guys some game action. I know that Nick Sirianni came out after the game and was like, yeah, we're going to like rotate things and switch things up next week. This doesn't really mean anything. He basically was like, Rashad Penny hasn't played in a while. And right. I wanted him to get out there and like get tackled. And that's the only reason why yeah. he was in there. And Kenneth Gainwell wasn't. I will say DeAndre Swift ripped off like a 20 something yard run. He looked really good. Uh, Rashad Penny was very unremarkable. So we'll see. Obviously, it's way too early to make any determination, but I will say just <laughs> keep, an crazy. Eye on, keep an eye on Kenny Gainwell. People like it's not just the way that this game was that that this game went because the beat reporters, multiple different beat reporters the week prior had talked about how Kenny Gainwell is like getting the most touches in training camp and he looks like the guy. And some of them are even predicting that Kenneth Gainwell will be the team starter. I think it's just going to end up being a just fucking mess and we're not going to want any part of this. So that's just my prediction right now. If Kenny Gainwell was the guy, why did they bring in DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny? Kenny Gainwell has been on the team for two years. We know who Kenny Gainwell is. They know who Kenny Gainwell is. It's like the what they're doing with their defensive line. It's like you can't have enough good depth on their defensive line. Yeah, I think the argument for Kenny Gainwell is we have him 143rd right now, and it's like Rashad Penny is made of fiberglass, and DeAndre Swift is not exactly a a paragon of health. And so it's, you can have this Eagles running back for free, wait a month and then just see if he's basically like the de facto starter. Kenny Gainwell is, but yeah, I wouldn't like reach. He's, I don't think he's going to be the starting running back for the Eagles barring two injuries, but those injuries are kind of like, but he could, likely. he could, but, be. It, but it could work for us. <laughs> like being like Rashad Penny looked unremarkable in his first two carries. It's like, what do we, he, he just like led the league in rushing last year for like five weeks. We don't need to see him in week one of preseason. I love Anyways, it. DK, keep rolling. <laughs> moving on. I, I agree, Craig, generally, but also it's no, this to is good. This is a good dynamic we have here. This is good <laughs> podcasting. This is why shows like Undisputed and First Take work. You know, you need this, this tug and pull. <laughs> All right. Here's another one, Craig. Draft Justice Hill. He's the fucking starter for the Ravens, apparently, based on one <laughs> series or couple series of action in the preseason game. So disclaimer, that is not true. Yeah, I'm not I'm not actually being serious, but <laughs> surprisingly, Justice Hill, of all people, got the first reps for the Ravens at running back in front of Gus Edwards, which is kind of surprising. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins has been out and away from the team. He's not playing right now. He did return to practice on Monday today. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of surprising. Justice Hill was the guy. And then, you know, uh, Gus Edwards got like quite a bit of action later on in the game, which is always a little bit of a head scratcher. So maybe they're just getting him back into form. He obviously missed all of last year or most of last year. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, so, you know, that that is a variable that we have to take into account here. And also, this offense is going to be different. So maybe he's just not a fit for the new offense. I don't know. Maybe Justice Hill is the new superstar in fantasy. That's what we can find out from this preseason game. Can we zoom in on my face like Rachel Dratch <laughs> in the SNL sketch? Wah. And then I'm going to say... Gus Edwards has been banged up the last couple of weeks, so he probably wasn't getting first-team reps, and that's why they played Justice Hill. <laughs> Stop being logical. I think Gus Edwards <laughs> is a really good pick. I wouldn't draft Justice Hill. Also, Justin Hill, since the pandemic began, has 61 carries in an NFL game. Uh, I think Gus Edwards is really good value, though. 
That's um, fine. That's fine. Other stuff. Right, one more. Other preseason one more. bits. Yeah, hit us. We got to talk me more. about. Give me more. We got to talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire starting oh, the game. God, starting the game for the Chiefs. The first four plays went to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Two rushes, two pass catches, two catches, whatever. Um, so wait, so he started over Isaiah Pacheco? Yeah, Pacheco's hurt, so that's a variable. Mm. <laughs> Great. A variable. <laughs> Wait, have you guys seen John Mulaney's new special where he explains yeah. like like some of the, like I mean, he went to rehab and he was explaining all the crazy shit he did that led him to realize like you don't want him trying to get cocaine at his intervention. That's like DK's like so high right now on this preseason. And Craig's like, DK, you have a problem. You need to stop. And DK's like, can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> I need to go watch tape of Deuce Vaughn yeah. in the bathroom. Oh, my God. Ooh. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, (laughs) But no, my main point with the Clyde Edwards Lair thing is not that he's going to start over Isaiah Pacheco, but I do think he is going to be like a bigger part of the offense. Everybody has written him off for dead. I don't think he's all the way dead quite yet. I think, you know, and Pacheco has been banged up. He runs with a very physical style. He's, you know, his style invites contact. He's looking for contact. That to me is a little bit worrisome. So, if Pacheco were to get hurt, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire might be the the handcuff that you want here. So uh, we'll see. D- Deneric Prince, who has gotten quite a bit of hype in the preseason, he was well behind. He played most like the second half and stuff. So don't forget about Clyde is all I'm saying. I, I think if Bill Simmons is still listening to this, which he maybe turned it off after we stopped talking about the Patriots, but he would say, uh, always buy distressed assets. I mean, that's what, you know, Randy Moss was for the Patriots. There is no more distressed astra- asset than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who was a first-round <laughs> pick when he was a rookie, now undrafted three years later, even though he's still on the team, and the two guys ahead of him are extremely unimpressive. It's finally healthy. A lot of similarities between Clyde and Randy Moss. <laughs> God damn it, Craig. <laughs> what are we talking about? We were on Bill's podcast last year, and I touted Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Bill was out last year. You think he's back? Well, Clyde was Clyde was a top thirty-five pick last year. Right now, he's one hundred and sixty-eighth. We have him behind Isaiah Hodgins for the Giants and Jordan Love. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. If you want to throw a fifteenth-round pick on him, sure, <laughs> that's fine. You mentioned him, Craig. I think it was Craig, or maybe it was Hypitz. Deuce Vaughn for the Cowboys. Now, if you want second half fun in second half fun in in preseason football, is very rare. I turned off. I'll be totally honest with you. I turned off most of the second half. By the time you get into the mid third quarter, it's like, I don't know who the fuck these guys are. I don't know who the quarterback is at that point. Like you, it's, these are all guys that are just going to be on practice squads or, you know, going into real estate or whatever. You don't have to like apologize for-, <laughs> for turning off the third quarter of week one of the preseason <laughs> on a Saturday. But if you turned off the Cowboys game before the third quarter, you've missed out on some fun ass Deuce Vaughn runs. I mean, this guy he really does kind of remind you of of, Dar- of uh, Darren Sproles a little bit in terms of just like his size, just twitchy, fast, 175-pound running back. And he's so tiny. You literally can't see him behind the line of scrimmage. He made two Jaguars defenders like bang into each other and fall down. Like it was literally comical what he was doing. The um, best comp DK's ever made in his illustrious career, uh, history of NFL comps is that Deuce Vaughn runs like the Hobbit's running under the horses in all the battle scenes in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's like you don't even notice he's there. He's like running through your legs. Sam! Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. And couple that with the fact that neither Malik Davis uh, nor Rico Dowdle really kind of separated themselves. I'm beginning to warm to the idea that Deuce Vaughn might actually have a role with this team, with this offense. I, before I was like, because we talked about him as one of the coolest players in the draft during the draft run-up. But there's just this massive caveat that he's the smallest player in the NFL. Like, and they drafted him in the seventh round, and his dad sixth is round. a scout yeah. for the oh, sorry, the sixth round. The, his dad's a scout for the Cowboys for like twenty or thirty yeah. years, and it's kind of like a baseball pick. Like the eighteenth round of the MLB draft, it's all like, all right, we'll draft this guy's kid who's worked here twenty years. It was like so a, he's a nepo they, baby. Yeah, yeah but he looked awesome. Is a nep- but he looked he's great. A nepo but he's a nepo baby, baby that's got some skills, man. He's a Headline, nepo baby. Nepo baby starts week one of preseason. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, still, man. I'm, just, I'm not saying he's going to be the starter. Certainly. I'm just saying he might actually make the team and he might have a role. Like so. you think he could be the change of pace guy behind, you know, to mix in with Pollard. Yeah. Very possibly. Okay. Not, not probably. <laughs> Definitely could maybe happen. <laughs> there, 
Uh, there's a non-zero chance Deuce Vaughn makes the team, is what I'm saying. That's like Oppenheimer. So there's a there's a non-zero chance that this bomb could blow up the world. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Deuce Vaughn could blow up fantasy, possibly. <laughs> Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. Chiefs are obviously the best bet, even though what are they like plus 300 because they're going to make the championship game and then it'll be good. But if you want a longer shot, one the Jaguars, I don't know, maybe they make it through the playoffs once they get there. Trevor Lawrence, I don't know. You can do anything in between. They're like 16 to want to make the Super Bowl. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at Sportsbook.FanDuel.com. Let's go to tight ends here. DK, stock up, stock down. Give us the rundown on the tight ends. Winners, All right, losers. So nothing really to report in terms of like the big name tight end receiver or tight end uh, pass catchers or whatever. But there are a few guys that I think are legitimate sleepers to add to the list that we haven't talked about a lot. Jawan Johnson for the Saints. He caught two big passes for first downs. By the way, the Saints first team offense looked incredible. They like marched down the field. Their car looked really confident. They looked really good. Very impressive. Wait, can I can I chime in here? The fact that Michael Thomas played in this preseason game is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Dude, they got to get him on the field at some point, man. Dude, what if, yeah, he might not remember how football works. Like, he's practically taunting us at this point that he shows up and decides up? to play in a preseason game. <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, are we going that way? Yeah. Michael Thomas play is he's like, you ever have those dreams where you're like, I, I certainly have these. I haven't gone to college in almost two decades now. And I'm like, I have these dreams where I'm like showing up for a final and I haven't studied at all. Do you think Michael <laughs> Thomas has that feeling at all? Like I haven't fucking gone to this class in two years. I don't know what the fuck honey, we're talking about. Honey, <laughs> I, I just had a, a nightmare that I was playing in the NFL. I was on the field. Oh, shit. Go back to sleep, babe. It's not real. Put anyway. your leg brace back on and go back to sleep. It's not He's real. He's got to like memorize fucking play calls and stuff. Like I, I haven't done this shit since <laughs> I was in middle school. Um, I just couldn't believe he was out there. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, Juwan Johnson, the Saints have three tight ends that we have to kind of talk about and think about. Well, we don't have to, but we choose to. Uh, obviously, Taysom Hill is still involved with this offense. They signed Foster Moreau, who came back miraculously from cancer in this offseason. Very inspirational story. But Juwan Johnson, who, by the way, was... Pretty exciting at times last year. Uh, he played nine out of the 12 starter snaps with Derek Carr. He was the guy running routes. Foster Moreau basically was just in there to block. He only ran two routes in the entire uh, series. And so, I don't know. These are signs that that Juwan Johnson could have a bigger than expected role. He could be a real sleeper there. Um, the other guy I really want to mention here is Jake Ferguson for the Cowboys, who had like this really impressive leaping, twirling catch right up the seam for like 20-something, 30 yards. Very impressive. He got... 13 out of 17 snaps with starter Cooper Rush. It looks like he's the starter, not Peyton Hendershot or Luke Schoonmaker, who was a rookie that was mostly injured throughout uh, training camp. So Jake Ferguson, remember, Dak Prescott loves to target his tight ends. So I think Ferguson is a good sleeper. And then the two rookies, Laporta and Musgrave, Laporta for the Lions and Luke Musgrave for the Packers. I think they're locked in as starters. So they're just two guys to have in the back of your mind as like last round picks. 
Rookie tight ends never work historically, but it, it does feel like this year someone's going to pop just because it, it, there's one, there was a lot of tight ends taken this draft. It was a great tight end draft, yeah, especially yeah. early on. And Laporta and Musgrave are two guys who are in and, and Dalton Kincaid and, and Buffalo are, are just like guys in great positions. And Sam Laporta, I mean, the Lions don't have a lot of options. They have Amon Ross St. Brown. They have Jameson Williams, who's, who's an adventure for six games. <laughs> right. An adventure. And there's not a lot going on there. So I, and same with Musgrave. So I don't know. I, I, I kind of could see you taking a, a late round flyer on one of these guys and hoping they work out and they could kind of I, kind of have a Pat Fryermuth like first season. There you go. I'm skeptical that any of the, and I could be wrong. And again, I think if you're going to bet like this is a great tight end rookie tight end class, you'd think if it's ever going to happen, it's this year. I will say this. I'm skeptical. Any of the traditional quote unquote tight ends will have a great rookie year for Michael Mayer for the Raiders mm-hmm. or Sam Laporta for the lions, because they're still beholden to the, basic premise that tight ends impossible because you have to learn to block NFL defensive ends and then also learn how to get open against the best athletes of your entire life. who are the biggest people ever. And you have to do both those things. I am more, I would be more, I would be sorry. I'd be less surprised if like Musgrave, Luke Musgrave for the Packers or Dalton Kincaid, because they only have to fundamentally realistically learn one job. They just have to be a receiver. So I, and again, they're, you know, Dalton Kincaid went, what, 26th? Musgrave was like 42nd overall. Those guys with the pedigree, I wouldn't be surprised if they follow the receiver arc that DK always talks about where they start slow, like, and then eventually by the end of the season, right when the fantasy playoffs, rookie receivers are often like at their best later in the season. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if that's how it happens and that like Luke Musgrave or Dalton Kincaid are on waivers in October and they're winning your league by Thanksgiving. Agreed. All right. Well, we're talking about why tight ends, wide receivers. You want to talk about wide receiver, wide receivers? I do. I just want to say Steelers offense looked sharp, very sharp. Craig will be very excited to hear that Kenny Pickett went six out of seven for 70 yards and a touchdown. George Pickens. Oh, wait, I have Craig. Craig, I have a stat for you. I have a stat for you. Uh, the Steelers uh, had a 67 yard touchdown in the preseason. Longest play they had, uh, longer than any play they had all year. Do you care about that? <laughs> No, I don't. Kenny Pickett didn't throw that <laughs> touchdown. Yeah, and Calvin Austin was at the receiving end, which he's probably not going to be fine. I know, I just wanted to, fine. <laughs> just wanted to throw it out there. Pickett looked good to finish the season last year, and I, I continue to think that he's going to be a, a starting quarterback in the NFL for a long time. Yeah, it feels like we're too low on the Steelers. I Craig think has Pickett a chip on his shoulder about Pickett. Craig, Craig's going to really get annoyed to Pickett. <laughs> I just think that the, the poor guy came in in the worst situation possible. He played like five of the top 10 defenses in his first five games and looked really shaky and, and matured immediately and, and actually finished the season. Not bad. And the Steelers, I think were uh, seven and two to finish the year. And they, they had a winning record and Pickett looked like a, a reliable player already. And now he has a, a full off season and they have a, a ton of young talent. Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryer with Najee Harris, and then tossing Allen Robinson is a, is a, Top 10 receiving core in the NFL, in my opinion. And the offensive line is going to be a lot better. This team is improving. The defense is good. I said last week, Kenny Pickett had zero chance to win an MVP. And Craig, I, I, I saw the fire <laughs> in his eyes. I saw Craig, like something lit How up within him. How dare you, sir? <laughs> Non-zero chance to win an MVP. <laughs> I prefer zero. Okay. Any other receivers, DK? Talk of the town, I think on Friday it was, or Thursday night, I can't remember. Tank Dell for the Texans, another itty-bitty guy that's almost the same size as Deuce Vaughn, like 160-something pounds. Um, Super, super productive in college, but came in, and obviously the size thing was a big concern for me. He looked incredible. He had five catches for 65 yards and a touchdown for the Texans. Um, Most of it, I think all of it, was with the second team. So obviously there's a massive amount of caveats here, but he looked really impressive, was just getting open on everything. Craig's just shaking his head at me. (laughs) Just saying, people were excited about Tank Dell. His name is Tank and he's 168 pounds. That's exactly why everybody was talking about him. (laughs) Yeah. If his name was Richard Williams and he was 5'10", nobody would give a shit. Yeah. Um, he wasn't the only rookie that looked good though. I thought, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigwer for the Seahawks was very impressive. Jordan Addison um, for the Vikings looked really good. Uh, Quentin Johnson had a touchdown. He had a couple of shaky plays in terms of catches, but overall, like he was out there making plays. Zay Flowers looked impressive in the limited amount of time he played. So overall, good weekend for rookie receivers, I would say. Like all of them were pretty impressive for their own ways, in their own ways. Um, and then the last guy I want to bring up is Elijah Moore, who mm. he was like lining up in the backfield for the Browns. He had a couple of plays where he was lining up as a running back. It brings back memories of like Randall Cobb or Percy Harvin style, style player. Um so, you know, he looked really explosive and quick. He did leave the game with a rib injury. It sounds like it was not serious, but 
Um, I don't know. I'm maybe allowing myself to get excited about Elijah Moore based on just a limited amount of action that he showed in this game, just the way that they were utilizing him, trying to get him touches. You know, he looked very explosive and fast. So Elijah Moore, truthers unite. I'm kind of on that train, to be honest. I, I do think Elijah Moore is really good. Yeah. I, I think two things are true. Elijah Moore is an incredibly talented player. I think he's very good. I think the Browns, there is a real chance that Elijah Moore is like the player going outside the top 100 that you look back and you're like, wow, what a value is going in like the 40s next year. I also think if you looked at a Venn diagram of all the fantasy football people who like Elijah Moore and all the fantasy football people who are like into QAnon, I think they'd be like a perfect circle. <laughs> QAnon? Harsh. Rude. Yeah, so you, you're saying Elijah Moore is the fantasy football version of QAnon? Yeah, he's like Q for... Oh, I guess we're giving that to Brock Purdy, right? So I don't know. Maybe Elijah Moore is something His else. breakout is coming. Just look... Yeah, so on January sixth, his breakout. It's is like coming. the doomsday yeah. clock. Right? It's like the world will end on. Yeah, it's like anything. Anytime it doesn't happen, they're like, "Oh, what could it mean? When will Elijah Moore reveal himself?" He's doing this on purpose. Yes, <laughs> I have an explanation why the world did not end on December twenty first, two thousand and twelve. Do you remember that? That mm. was when I was in high school. That was a big thing. We all threw a party that night. Yeah, Craig's like pivot <laughs> off the queue. Pivot off the queue. <laughs> it's like pivot. There's like a, like a red dot pops up on my forehead, like a sniper thing comes on my forehead. I'm like, uh, anyway, the Mayans, <laughs> should we get to emails? Emails. emails. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's we'll change the topic. Okay. Oh, uh, we got an email. Someone said, uh, this is from Kevin. 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 Kevin, Kevin wrote Kev. in defense of, of our beloved producer, Kai Fieri. Kai. Nice. Kai. I said, me, this is Danny. Kai. I said last week that I said Christopher Nolan would be a better audio producer than Kai, which I, I thought was fine. Kevin wrote, guess what? If Christopher Nolan produced your podcast, it would sound like shit. Oh, Christopher, Christopher Nolan's outspoken about not doing ADR. The dialogue in his films is infamous for being muddy and unintelligible. Try watching <laughs> Tenet without subtitles or try figuring out whatever the fuck Bane is saying in The Dark Knight Rises. The best part of Oppenheimer is silent. <laughs> this is a really good take <laughs> holy shit i love this take i uh i don't watch movies without subtitles i think we've discussed this on on our shows before um you don't watch any movies without subtitles no and be, and it's because it, it literally and i've written i've seen articles written about this i think on the ringer.com in fact good website uh a lot of like audio mixing these days is really shitty and like you can't understand dialogue i watch a lot of british shows i can't understand what the fuck people are saying you know very fast Obviously, accent in English, I just don't get it. So I like need to listen. Oh, by the way, I also have a young child and I can't turn the TV up very loud. So yeah, love subtitles. I would have done those reasons in the opposite order and we would have been like, yeah. Yeah, because I, I was about to freak out. But and in terms of importance, reasons. like I literally can't understand British people speaking. I, I, I can't watch it with, but if I have subtitles on, all I do is read the words and then I'm not watching the show. Same. I, I, I will never use subtitles as long as I live because to, I just read the bottom fifth of the screen for the entire movie. <laughs> Email us at yeah, ravenfantasyfootballgmail.com like, if you have thoughts on subtitles. You know when you find yourself reading a book and you're like, I'm just now I'm just like reading the words and then thinking the words in my head instead of just reading, you know, like, you know, the difference where you're like, now I just am just reading the words. I can't actually comprehend what they mean. You like start yeah, to I kind of know think mean. about it too much and you're just like not actually reading, reading. I, to uh -huh. me, like subtitles now, I'm just like, I don't even notice that they're there. I just read them. It's like second nature. No, for me, it's like, I'd be watching Breaking Bad. And I'm like, I am the danger, Skyler. I, man, not, and I'm just reading it. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, not like that for me. Subtitles kind of spoil stuff. Like sometimes they'll put the whole sometimes. sentence, even yeah. though the actor's speed, it says it slow, slowly. Yeah. Subtitles kind of, you know what I mean? It'll like give yes, the spoiler yes. of the end of the sentence before the actor says it. No, that's fair. That, DK, that does happen sometimes. If you were alone on the weekend and you were mm -hmm. going to put on whatever movie, Remember the Titans, would you <laughs> I would never do put that on subtitles? For, for the record. It's a great... It's a great it's <laughs> Craig and I, top five movie for Craig and I. Yeah, I hate That's it. That's the weirdest thing. Okay, whatever. You're going to put on Indiana Jones. Would you put on subtitles if you're alone and you can play yes. it as loud as you want? Yes. That's insane. <laughs> Why? Why? Why would you do that? Some, some services, and, and we could go down another rabbit hole with the, just the sheer number of streaming services out there. I would say some are... Oh, my God. Some streaming services have, like, giant fucking block letter subtitles <laughs> where it's, like, covering half the screen. And there's no way to fix it, as far as I can tell. Like, you go into the settings, try and adjust it. I will say with Amazon, I'm pretty sure it's Amazon, they give you, like, very detailed and 
wildly different options for the subtitles. Like you can have them be yellow. You can like make them really small. It's Amazon's really nice. Video player is good. Yeah. I like their what? video player. They oh my like, god! No, it it glitches. I do the Prime Video Player. I my girlfriend. I we hate it. I and oh, I, love I, it. I have thoughts on all these interfaces. The HBO Max one or Max, whatever the hell it's called now. Getting Max. subtitles on or off. I, that's a wild decision. The getting subtitles on or off. My mom calls. He's like, how do I get the subtitles off? And I like. Oh, come on, mom. It's easy. I'm like, how the fuck do you get the subtitles off? It's so but hard. Are you, you're watching on television, right? Like I'm watching on my computer, all of these services, like Amazon's video player on a laptop, I think is phenomenal. I love that it gives you who the actors are and, and what their characters That's names brilliant. are on the and side. And they try to sell you yes. the jewelry. We're watching, shout out to uh, The Summer I Turned Pretty, incredible show on Prime Video. They're trying to sell you the jewelry that like the actresses are wearing. It's Amazon smart. I don't love that, but I uh, <laughs> that actually kind of sounds like dystopian like, nightmares. Sucks, but, but yeah, <laughs> I like it. It's coming to the actor and some trivia. <laughs> what is this fucking Instagram? Come on. Oh my god! All right, we got an email from um, Johannes. Johan. Johannes. 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 Johan. Johannes. And the prologue to this is that we've been talking the last couple of weeks about like dad stuff and dads, among many other things, using like old things to describe like. Talk about unleaded gas. There hasn't been leaded gas in 25 years or like <laughs> using old businesses that are haven't been in business for 30 years as like mile markers, whatever. Johan says, greetings from Finland. Finland. Hey, nice. And Johan basically is like, you know, how parents will complain about prices and they'll yeah. be like, back in my day, this was a nickel or I went to college for two hundred dollars. Johan says <laughs> that the most European dad thing to do is to complain about how expensive something used to be. But doing it by talking <laughs> yeah. about how much it cost in your country's old currency from before the euro. Man, I wish we had that here. Yeah, that'd be fun. Dude, Johan's like, Could I'm get a this for five Deutschmarks. Dude, he's like, he's literally, Johan's like, you can imagine how bewildered my 10 year old nephew was when I told him how much those Fortnite V books would have cost in Finnish marks. <laughs> like, no fucking idea. Well, we went to Sweden and they still have Kroner there. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. What the hell is happening with this? It's like 10 times or it's like the, a dollar's it's 10 to every dollar or something like that. It was 10. Remember. It was super convenient. It was it was times yeah, 10. It wasn't actually that hard. But I hope because we paid $500 for dinner. So I hope it was I hope <laughs> yeah. it wasn't the other way around. Speaking of which, all of the uh, half the ringer is in Sweden right now. Yeah. For, that's yeah. Awesome. A, a work trip. So I hope everybody's having fun. Not as fun as, not as much fun as we had, but yeah. No. I hope they go to that restaurant where we all sat in a weird stadium style <laughs> stadium seating, seating and watched each other oh eat meatballs. God, that was the crazy. If you didn't hear this episode, we came back from Sweden. We went and they were like, table for six. And they're like, oh, we don't have six, but we can do two, two, two. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. So we sit think, you know, three tables next to each other. They we're like, could we push those style. all together? And they're like, well, not exactly. <laughs> so I'm eating next to DK. And then like a stadium above us is Craig and Liz. And below us was Kai and, and Austin Gale. And like <laughs> Liz and Craig are, their feet are touching our butts and they're trying not to eat. I can see Liz trying not to drop meatballs on me and DK's back. It was very You're awkward. literally like, yeah. you're like sitting on, you know, how you like sit on your buddy's feet when they do sit-ups in PE. Yeah. It was almost was, like that, but, but at a dinner table. Yeah, it was. <laughs> there wasn't separate spots for your feet. It was literally just, there was a seat in front of you. It was bizarre. Except there were no chairs. It was like you were sitting on the concrete. It was kind of like Coliseum. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Very European. Moving on. We were also talking about uh, Madden soundtracks and someone, uh, many people, shout out many people who emailed in to say the Madden 03 had Party Hard by Andrew W. Hell yeah. Andrew W. K. I remember if talking you guys about had this. to guess right now who was on the cover of Madden 03. You get one guess. Oh, I can't. I haven't okay. looked. I don't know. My either. whole life. Okay. 04 was Vic. What player? Wow. 06 was Vince Young. Madden Was it oh, like Donovan McNabb? Because, oh, wait, Donovan McNabb. DK, do you have a guess? I don't know either. No, I got no idea. It was not Donovan McNabb. Oh, he was 05. Oh, Tom three. Brady. Marshall Falk. Correct. Ooh, that's okay. a good one. Boom. Thank God. Marshall Greatest Falk, show on wow. turf. My inner child almost rebelled. When's the last time a running back was on the cover of Madden? Peyton Hillis? Oh, gosh. God, I can't believe that happened. We got some other emails, but I can I tell you guys a story from my weekend? I just want to, I just thought you guys would appreciate this one. I'm talking about all this dad communication. I want to tell you a little bit about Jackie's mom communication. Okay. Yeah, sure. By the way, it was uh, Adrian Peterson, 2014. That makes sense. Jackie's mom visits town. We're in DC. And I realized Jackie's mom is the doctor from Arrested Development. 
<laughs> okay. The literal he, doctor? The, the doctor, and he's like, he looks dead. He's, he's not dead. He just looks dead. It's like, I'm sorry, we lost him. And they're like, oh my God. He's like, oh, he's not dead. We just don't know where he is. Yeah. Jackie's mom is human clickbait. She was like, talking about Jackie's dad. And she was like, he washed the winning lottery ticket. And it was, he, I know, he washed the winning lottery ticket, which is true. The ticket won $40. <laughs> A winning God. lottery ticket. <laughs> Uh, I was like, how'd you sleep? She's like, I thought I was going to get shot. And I'm like, oh my God, what happened? She's like, well, a bird flew into my window. (laughs) Get this woman writing some uh, headlines. She would nail it. Get Lucille Bluth. (laughs) I hate this doctor. She's just a master storyteller is what she is. She keeps you engaged. I think she she should title our podcasts. (laughs) That's incredible. All right. Fantasyfootball.3.com. We have all our rankings. We're going to update that stuff this week with... You know, we'll, we'll see if we can convince Craig to put like, you know, tied shell there really high up on our board. We'll see what happens. All right. Mm. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Wait, thank wait, you, wait. I have, oh. some, I have huge news. No oh, boy. Oh. According to Twitter, Teddy Bridgewater is going to wear number 50 for the Lions. <laughs> what? what? Five zero. Are you allowed <laughs> to do that? <laughs> no, there's no way that should be legal. What? That's the oldest. That will be the oldest looking jersey of all time. <laughs> Wait, right now, who do you Teddy think is Bridgewater the last? Will immediately look 50, 50 years old. Uh, no, is that like what Bobby Lane? Wore? Like what? <laughs> you can wear fifty as a quarterback. I didn't know you could even do that. <laughs> I, I, I thought fifty I'm, I'm was speechless. like reserved for offensive and defensive linemen. Or something. Fifty is the number that they give to the linemen who won't make the team. Right. Exactly. The practice squad linemen. Yeah, like the only people who are number 50 are like the ones wearing those like red mesh jerseys at practice that they're just like throwing the hamper immediately. <laughs> the pennies. Do we know <laughs> why pennies? Teddy Bridgewater wants 50? Yeah. Oh, he said, I'm going to wear 50, man. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Pretty cool, right? What a good <laughs> what? bit. It honestly is a good bit. 50s are defensive linemen and linebackers. Offensive linemen are 60s. Oh, wait, here we go. Uh, none of the traditional quarterback numbers are okay. Sign with the Lions. Give me the backup. Every jersey between zero and nineteen is already taken by an active Lions player or retired. And zero to nineteen are the only numbers allowed by the league for quarterbacks. So he gets an exception. Oh, this reminds wow. me of something that that bugged me. By the way, over the weekend, uh, watching some of the games on mute, I was just watching them without the sound. Kyle Allen is the backup in Buffalo. And he just, it just says Allen on his back. And Josh Allen is the starter there. And it just says Allen on his back. And I was like, That's great. did Josh Allen lose weight? Like, and this is again, going back to, I don't remember what number Josh Allen is off the top of my head. I was like, Josh, Josh Allen looks like small and like not very powerful armed. What's going on here? Like, this is the off-brand version of Josh Allen. What's going on here? I don't know. You should have had the subtitles on. They would have said Kyle Allen. Oh God. Subtitles on sports games is the worst by the way it's like delayed like 10 seconds <laughs> if you're in a movie theater are you disappointed that there's no subtitles <laughs> who do i gotta talk to turn on are some you subtitles. having the worst experience because there's no subtitles in barbie no that's fine in the okay. movie theater all right thank you lord <laughs> lord <laughs> thank you dusty springfield oh yeah son of a preacher is like top five song all time oh for yeah me. Sing it. Hi, Fitz. You know that I song? I have no I'm idea. Sing it. Billy Ray was is that made, I'm worried that one day you're going to make someone up, and that sounds made up. I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that Deke is going to make up. You think I was up. just immediately in on that bit with him? <laughs> and just pulled up son of a preacher man Dusty out of my ass? Springfield? <laughs> I will admit I don't know any of her other work. Hi, Fitz. If you don't know son of a preacher man, you live under a rock. Yeah, that is worse than Rod Stewart. <laughs> well, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. I'm playing the, it right the now. The second it begins, you should know it. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He looked confused gotcha. there for a minute. No. Well, it was, I think it, it was an ad. It. No, it was an ad because like now you pull it up and it was five. It was an ad. Wait, why are you on? We have fucking Spotify. <laughs> oh yeah, bleep Kai, bleep that. <laughs> bleep that out, Kai. <laughs> the kids love. <laughs> oh my god. Bleep that too, company men. All right. Goodbye, everyone.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgambling.com help.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GAMBLINGHELPLINEMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts, or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.